and welcome to Matt and Brett Love Comics. This is one of your hosts, Brett. And this is your other host, Matt. Matt and Brett Love Comics is the show where we take comics and talk comics with comics. That's to, what happens. That is the thing that happens on this show. I'm back. You're back. I'm back, baby. Welcome back. You've you're moved in. Uh huh. You settled in. How's yeah. the new place? Uh, I have a dishwasher and a washer dryer, and I live across the street from a mall. Yeah, yeah. I was explaining so, to listeners oh last week how you know you practically live in a castle now. You may be may as well be in Cassidy Keep for all I we keep, know. Oh yeah. Oh, maybe I can name it that. I keep feeling. It's like, I feel like I don't deserve it. Like, New York is like, you will live in a shithole, and you will like it, because you're in New York. And I've lived in basements That's my true. entire time here, almost. And yeah. now it's like, this floor is finished. And like, oh, like, <laughs> the, someone put thought into these counters, and we have backsplashes yeah, like, yeah. in the kitchen. That's impressive. Uh, like, our bathroom feels like I'm using a hotel bathroom. Yeah. So it's a really weird experience. Um, another weird experience. Also because there are there's constantly a cleaning service asking you to check out of your apartment. Oh, wait. Am I living in a hotel? You may be. Oh, no. It's a hotel for dogs. It's even worse. No, there is a dog. There's a so dog? I saw a dog in my apartment. I got really excited. Okay. On my floor, not in my apartment. You even got excited <laughs> describing seeing the dog. I love its name. His name is Mac, and he's a bulldog. Okay. Um, I'm down with that. Uh, we have a guest on the show today. We do. He's brought... the comic part of comics and comics. And comic. Comic, comic. Comic, comic. He's a comic who likes comics. Yeah. Ah, uh, he's a double threat. This is weird. <laughs> well, he's a double threat. Going. We're already creeping him out. <laughs> yeah. He's slow, slowly inching his way away from the microphone and towards the door. Technically, well, you guys are speaking a language that I don't quite understand, but I know a lot of the elements of it. Like, yeah, I yeah. Know some letters. A lot of nodding and smiling yeah. coming from you. Uh, yeah. Comics? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin Tyler. Is on Hello. the show with us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Back on the show without two goofballs. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Get rid of the uh, free fat. the dead weight. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what do you? you know, Justin uh, co-hosts the uh, Comic Book Club live show. He does uh, with Pete LePage and Alex Zalvin. True. Yeah. Um, he was. They were on our crossover episode, uh, Mutant Genesis, where we read. The greatest comics of all time. Yeah. And you guys called... I was so upset that I couldn't make it to that show, and I heard that you guys called the 900 number that was in, like, the the Marvel ad in the books. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't have a lot of luck, if I remember correctly. (laughs) Oh, sure, sure. Was it just dead? No, I swear someone picked up. (laughs) Astute listeners, please go back and and (laughs) check it out. But uh, I do remember thinking... Because I think that what we were saying is, who would have ever called that? Oh, it was the thing where you called... You did? Oh, I called, yeah. like, several times. And you called different numbers for different heroes, and it was like... Oh, was yeah. like oh I got in trouble a, for calling, you yeah. You push a star in between three and five seconds to activate Banshee's power or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I remember specifically playing the Spider-Man one that came out before the X-Men one. Ah. And first off, the game's, like, the timer system on them was completely off. That was a scam, man. It totally <laughs> was. was. You're like, as if there's a war- you found a warp whistle or something. Like, that was just a scam. That's true. I, got, no... I, won, I won three packs of Marvel trading cards. Which and, series? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Which series? This series got serious. It, it could have been worth it. Which series? I can't recall. X-Men Series 1? Um, were they still in the... Where, no, it would have been one or it would have been um, Marvel yeah. series one or two because they were still in the sort of like plasticky mm-hmm. like the wax paper. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't Marvel Masterworks. Or no, anything. no, no, no. White borders. They weren't in. Borders? They weren't in foil. They weren't in the foil packs. Yet. Answer the by, borders question. <laughs> borders on the cards. Yeah. yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. If I could remember what oh, the actual okay. cards, I think it was series one. 
because they still had yeah, that it's like okay series. It's an okay series. That like that like almost sticky plastic. Uh, yeah. you know, packets. Oh, you know, Marvel trading cards were also a scam. They were a great scam for us to buy. Oh, and yeah. Keep a hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> hold on have. to them. I moved them. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I have them. Wow. Have oh them. man. I'm sure I have mine in a big because I had cl- tried to collect baseball cards for like a couple weeks. And I was like, oh, I don't watch baseball, so yeah, it's hard yeah. to know which one of these people <laughs> which I like. One? Yeah. But I was like, oh, I'm... the Padres. That's a weird name for a team because I didn't know what Spanish was either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And so I collected all those, and they're just sitting in a binder somewhere. Yep, binders, binders full of heroes. Yep. Oh man, if Joe Biden it. would have only talked about binders <laughs> full of heroes, then we would even be like four language. or five of those. Yeah, though I do feel like as I went through all the series of those, they got more. The women got much more sexual. Oh, oh sure. maybe I, I was mom, like going through puberty. I'm not having to give me a talk about the Marvel masterpieces series one figures. Like the Psylocke card was like a. The, most controversial card ever. Because yeah. she's full on, like, profile. Oh, so it yeah, looks yeah. like her butt's hanging out. And then you had to be like, Mom, I don't like women. Well, so I, did, well I, didn't, I did not personally, like, I, I didn't care about those cards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I liked them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that, that's yeah. an experience I don't understand or I don't know. What, like the swimsuit issue experience? Yeah, about like, about like, like the, Marvel, the Marvel image, suit. Oh, image swimsuit? Uh, the homage studios <laughs> and then it? the image. Oh, yeah, there were like. There were like five total, right? No, I mean, like, granted, a few I, Marvels, the Image ones. The Image one was the one where I was like, whoa, this is like a porno. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is as close oh, to yeah, a porno yeah. as I've seen at this point in my life. <laughs> yeah. A lot of like headbands, like shredded headbands. Yep. And yep. In, the, in different, they were like swimming in different <laughs> pools. They found, they found uh, the finest tipped pens they could to sort of draw the keys on oh, the women. Yeah, you could see the pen just run out of ink. Yeah. I've gone through, yeah. I've gone back and looked up all the Marvel ones because they're fascinating. And I do actually love the fact that they are like firmly 50-50 men and women. And the women yeah. are in ridiculous bikini- bikinis, but the men are in like the tiniest Speedos and like oh, yeah. tiniest little bikini briefs. And it's like, oh, I love that it wasn't just like an obvious teenage fest or women. Like the men in here are just disgustingly inappropriate. <laughs> I as think well. I think Gambit and Colossus really were the two that were like seriously. Well, Colossus, I think, was wearing like a straight up oh, banana hammock. There's yeah, yeah, one he was. That is like it was fra- This this is one that was framed in the hallway at Wizard, and it was of like the Infinity Watch. So it's like oh, right. I, I, I have, totally like, remember Adam this. Warlock and Drax in like the weirdest, weirdest like thongs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, they were in on a weird planet where, like, you can dress however you want. Yeah, well, yeah, I did, I yeah. Did come a, on, put your Drax away, Drax. I did a list for Topless Robot that was, like, the most impractical Marvel swimsuits. And, like, my number one was the Punisher, who was wearing, like, a thong, but on the front of it was what looked like a giant cardboard skull. Oh, like, yeah. a, like a hard, it looked like a hard cardboard skull. I was like, what is that? I love the idea yep. that he was like, because he paints all his shirt, he's painting his thong. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. This is what the evil must face, my criminal dick. Superstitious, cowardly lot. Yeah. I will avenge well, my family <laughs> by painting this skull on my chest. I do want to tan. <laughs> yeah. There's also one that I love that they snuck in uh, of North Star and the gay member of Pantheon. The Hulk supporting cast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. The two of them just, like, in, like, on, like, floats in Speedos in a pool. Yeah. With both of their, like, 
hanging out like opposite, like head to toeing each other, but with their hands in the water. Like yes. each of them has like a hand oh, in the water, wow. and it's like, are they holding That's hands so in the crazy. water? And but like, that that you must never know. The yeah. what the mystery, <laughs> yeah. the water yeah. will conceal yeah. all. Yeah. And it's like it's nineteen ninety four, and Marvel's putting their two gay. Like that's pretty progressive. Like, I weirdly. agree. I'm surprised that happened. Yeah. yeah. It's like, first of all, that Marvel had two gay male characters. Yeah. I guess it's because yeah. like, no one knew who the fuck that dude from Pantheon was. But they didn't know each other in normal continuity. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. No. And Tom they're Defal- at the gay pool, probably. Yeah. Tom DeFalco was just like, nah, it looks great. These yeah. two are just hanging out, having a good chummy time in the yeah. water. No. Yeah. no. I mean, North Star was like, in limbo at that point. It was like 94, like Alpha Flight yeah. was over with. And, oh, yeah, yeah. There uh, was that, uh, that, that, that issue in 92, and then yeah. Alpha Flight ended like a year after that. I feel like both, like, because when did Peter David... I don't know, like, Pantheon was not around in 94, And right? also, they were. the Pantheon... Okay. No, it was. I think that was sort of when it was happening. Okay, so yeah. maybe he, maybe that that random dude was more relevant. But no one liked the Pantheon. The, the, the stories were good, but it's not like they had fans. Why? Yeah, yeah, no one, no one was clamoring figures. for a Pantheon spin-off. No one yeah. played the Pantheon Colin game? Yeah. <laughs> no, they never no, quite no. got that off the ground. Yeah, the... Uh, they had it all rigged. I called. I kept calling. Yeah. Now, but, like, there was just... <laughs> It's just a dial tone and the sound of a cash register. Yeah, now, the weird up. transition is, that, that seems very natural, but I've ruined it by labeling it as a transition, mm-hmm. uh, into what we're reading today, is that while Marvel was doing all of this stuff, DC was making Starman. Yes. Yeah. Which is what we're reading today. And the that heavens opened. That is what blows my mind. Yeah, is yeah. that when you look at 1994, when this came out, 94, 95 is the span of issues we're reading, Marvel was like doing swimsuit issues, hollow foil covers like trying to just milk those last vestiges of spectator boom as yeah, long yeah. as they could and how did this book happen you brought it explain, explain? I, <laughs> I don't, don't know, know. <laughs> uh this so this book debuted during zero hour which was dc's big crossover that it was oh, the first that, time they that, were that's gonna... when they fixed their continuity yeah yeah, that's yeah. How they finally <laughs> fixed it is that why the first issue was a zero issue exactly okay uh, yeah so it wasn't it... like a wizard special offer <laughs> no they no, no. they actually i think they launched like some like seven books oh, wow. uh, with oh, zero Super, issues superboy one of them I, I had don't Zero. think so. I just no. Superboy was already around. Oh, okay. yeah, everything, okay. everything for the month of August that uh, in '94 were all zero yeah. issues. Sort of it's the way where they that haven't went, tried that they, again. Yeah, <laughs> they, should, they should see if that works. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, yeah, so they launched a bunch of titles, and I don't think any of them stuck except for Starman. And yeah. we were talking before. This is one of the only like original. I mean, it is a, a legacy character, but original characters that just became popular. Yeah. It's very unique and lasted yeah. for an entire... It's 80 issues plus the annuals and yeah. specials and stuff. And all, like, and it's also the DC Universe. Yeah. Like, when I was entering this into my spreadsheet, I kept checking to make sure it wasn't Vertigo. Yeah. Because it feels so Vertigo. Well, because it's, like, uh, exciting original storytelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not just, like, retread after retread. And it's, like, complex and weird. And the hero, like, doesn't want to be a hero. Yeah. yeah. Is he's I like this is my f- probably favorite run of all comics. Uh, wow! I, mean, I have a box actually that I just pulled this out of today. Had to dig through it and it has all the, my entire run of Starman, all my Sandmans, and all uh, Bone. Okay. Yeah. And Aquaman, Time and Tide, which is another one of my favorite series. Solid. Uh, and it's that's like my Omega box. That's the one that I hold close. When so, the fire comes from my apartment, which it will because I'm just stacking comic books there. Yeah, <laughs> I will grab that one and run too. Oh jeez. So what uh, what what is the appeal to Starman for you, and what is the appeal even now? Uh, 
great question. So I, when you first opened this, because we, we have to talk about it to get into it. Uh, there's a hero, Starman, a hero in the 40s and 50s. Yeah, yeah. Was I looked like, him up. He looked first from like 41 or something, like Adventure yeah. Comics number 38 or something like that. Yeah, it was a Justice yeah. Society. Yeah. yeah, yeah. he was a Justice Society of America member. Um, he's sort of goofy. He's a scientist. He invented a cosmic rod. His old ver- his old cosmic rod just looks like a candle. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it sort of did that. Except there's a candle that made you fly. Basically. They, did they have, fla- they have flashlights back then. True. Surely that yeah. wasn't that... I don't know. But none of them were cosmic flashlights. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That made you fly. I'll live, fly a little bit. Uh, but anyway, so he's big red and green costume. Sort of a goofy hero that like most people have forgotten about. And then... Uh, he has a son who takes over the mantle, and in the first three three pages in here, that son is shot and yeah. killed. And it's like, what book am I reading? Yeah. And then you meet the other son who's a junk dealer in Opal City. Well, first off, we should say the first page is just introduces the city, which yeah. what comic book is like does that. Introduces a made up city as like the main character. And throughout yeah. all eighty issues of this, Opal City is such a character and it's just I ate ate it up. Issue so issue rich. four is a is a solo story about Opal City, basically. Yeah. Yeah, uh, crazy. But uh so anyway, uh what I like about Jack Knight, who the younger the junk dealer who sort of ends up becoming Starman, he doesn't want to become Starman. He's like Peter Parker if he just hated being Spider Man. Because yeah. he's sort of a, he's a fuck up. He doesn't quite know what he's doing. His life, he's always wanted to be an artist. And he's always trying to make yeah. ends meet. But then he gets this mantle and he just takes it. But he keeps his other interests. He yeah. He has this great interior monologue that goes through sort of the whole series, and it's just interesting. The whole well, time. I like is it issue four? Like he throughout the first arc, which is like zero through three, he comes to accept the mantle. Uh, but in issue four, he tells his dad. When they're, when they're kind of, I guess, setting up the status quo of what the book is going to be, he tells his dad, okay, listen, I'm not going to go on patrol because that's what cops do, but if I see something and if things go, if things start getting crazy, I will be Starman and I will use my powers to help people. And when I read that the first time, I was like, okay, that makes total sense. And then at the end of the issue, like, his dad calls him out like, you don't understand, like, crazy things are going to come to you. You made yeah, that yeah. promise because you thought that would get you out yeah. of doing this. <laughs> yeah. So I like that even after he takes up the mantle, he's still like... No, I've taken up the mantle only when I want to. Like, yeah, has it really? Uh, and I love, I love that. That's real. And that's that's what I was just gonna say. Like, this is one of the first comics that I was like, these. This is how real people talk, and how I imagine people in like the city yeah. talk. Yeah, like, this is they, they talk like people who I want to hang out yeah, with. Yeah, they they false start so many sentences in this. And, yeah, like, they say weird words that like. Yeah. You know, like, they, they talk falsely, like, the way most people do. Like they, The characters are wrong all the time, yeah. and they don't correct it. They just yeah. later correct it, and they're like, oh, what I meant to say was this, or, like, <laughs> I got that wrong, it's actually this. Yeah, yeah. And, and James Robinson, you were, you were talking about the sort of vertigo feel of it before, too. You know, um, James Robinson wrote the entire series. He, he's, he was a vertigo guy, I think, up until this point. Well, he had right? actually written a bunch of stuff from the Ultraverse. That's uh, right. If you remember that. Is that Malibu, Hard case. Is that Malibu Comics? Uh, it was what Malibu Comics became. Malibu Comics was sort of like no one cared. Yeah. Then they started the Ultraverse, which I was huge into. I have the entire Ultraverse right here. You do? Why? <laughs> uh, <laughs> why? Why not? Uh, um, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, Nightman? Uh, Nightman was one. Sludge? Uh, Sludge, that Trump was a later one. No, that, that might have been Malibu. Okay. But 
Prime, which was an interesting book. Prime was the main sort of the launch book, which was like their Did Superman. Any big creators come out of that aside from James Robinson? Yeah, there's actually a bunch. Yeah, I mean, like Len Wein and yeah. Norm Brayfogel did. Uh, oh yeah, did that. I remember Mike Barr was. Uh, yeah, Mike Barr. There he did. Barry Windsor Smith was uh, one of their guys. Say what? Yeah, wasn't Dodson over there? Didn't they have Terry Dodson for uh, a while? I think yeah. I mean, the, people came in and out too, and then Marvel bought them and literally ruined. They were like, yeah. let's send the Black Knight into the Ultraverse. Well, it's like, we're going to give and you Santa like, Blaze, Juggernaut. Yeah. yeah. It's terrible. Well, they, they bought Malibu literally to disassemble it and only own the, the coloring process. Ugh. Like, they're, they're like digital coloring facilities. Wow, I didn't know that, and that makes me even sadder. Yeah. So <laughs> it was like a technical play. Well, yeah, and also, it's... it was the first time I was like, I saw something that I loved creatively ruined. Like, yeah. it was like, oh, oh, yeah. They just took this something, something great and made it bad. Yeah. Because I don't know why. And I was like, oh, I guess that's how you. people are. Preparing you for 20 years of reading comics. Yeah. There's oh. a there's a Phoenix crossover that yeah. happens in yeah. Mal- that no one Bullshit. ever talks about anymore. Yeah. Well, is it in continuity? Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be, yeah. maybe. Um, oh, jeez. I mean, but it hasn't Ro- been retconned, but hasn't been discussed. Technically, it's still in continuity. Yeah. Uh, James Robinson did a great series. I can't remember the name. It was about a, a hard case. Hard uh, case. Yeah. Which was awesome. Yeah. It's about, um, uh, it was another one where a guy oh. sort of didn't want to be a hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Hard Case? Or was that the dude who was, like, very punchy? Oh. Hard um, Case might have been the punchy guy. And this guy had, a he had a gun, and he was an old, he's like an old, um, secret agent. And he kept encountering all these different things. You're right. Um, that was... There's this amazing issue where he... Meets a girl who's like a mutant, basically, but she only grew one wing. She grew one tiny wing. <laughs> so that's oh, Firearm. Know. Firearm, that's what it Yeah, was. that was his name. Uh, Hard Case is another great book, though. Yeah. Uh, or maybe she had two, two very tiny wings she couldn't fly. And she's, like, going to kill herself. And so he, the whole issue is him, like, up there talking to her and talking about, like, being a hero and, like, you know, you can, sometimes you just got to trust and yeah. believe that those wings are going to grow. And then something like ten issues later... She has full wings, and then they start, like, having sex. So. <laughs> that yeah. sort of did not go where I thought it was going to. Nope. Well, surprise, surprise. And also, that's something I really hold on to in my life. Uh, but Firearm, great, another great book by yeah. James Robinson. So I guess that got him the gig at DC, right? Yeah. Starman. And he has not left. Well, he just left DC, right? Well, he was gone for a long time. Okay. Yeah. He didn't do any... After Starman, he didn't do much of anything. And then he did... Uh, he did JSA for a while? He did JSA. He, he did, did Golden that. Age, which is a really good... Golden Age is great. Um, that was sort of... Bef- I think that was before Starman, actually. But he did, yeah, JSA. Then he did, had a, did a Superman arc that no, no one liked. And then he did Justice League, and everyone hated that. Then he, everyone hated oh, that. And then he did yeah. Cry for Justice, which literally everyone hated. Oh, <laughs> man. So what do you think of that think one? Bats? They are bad, yeah. Okay. He definitely was not doing good work, and now he's doing Earth 2. And Earth 2 was good, but he's left it. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty good. I, I like that. He also did the he did the first arc on the Batman books after one year later. That's true. And that yeah. was like this... I, and, and I remember at the time, people were like, oh, here comes James Robinson again. Um, also, uh, James Robinson wrote... is credited for the screenplay for League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh. LXG! Wow. Uh... Wow. <laughs> It's weird yeah. that it was a sound effect that came out of the room when you said that. <laughs> well, I mean, when you talk about League of, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, LXG! Wow, it's getting louder. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> Doubling up. Um, so is Starman his best work? Definitely. Wow. 
Golden Age is very good, but I think Starman's his best work. And I think he, because he cr can craft this whole world, that's where why he this is so good. And the books he does later, he's jumping in. He's got to deal with some continuity. Uh, yeah. and he has like a couple ideas, but he has to use other people's ideas. Yeah, this is amazing because he lays out plot threads in the first arc that don't get paid off. For there, there's a in issue four, I think. Um, they talk about a man who steer, steals people's souls with yeah. a poster. Yeah. Uh, and they pull, he pulls his souls in the poster. We just see that. And yeah. they don't even... They talk about it in other issues, but we don't deal with it until issue 24. 24 through 26. <laughs> wow. Finally brought that story to a conclusion. Yeah, I like... In issue four, like, a, a guy in Hawaii, like, the late 30s or whatever, yeah. is a guy that just paints things into... Paints Hawaiian shirts or like something? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And he paints a gateway to heaven on a Hawaiian shirt, and the Hawaiian shirt disappears. And then later on, in the modern day, some dude, some rich dude just wants that shirt. He goes to Jack Knight's, uh, his uh, antique store that he's trying to rebuild. And he's basically just like, I want that shirt with a gun. And he's like, just take it. Like, just yeah. find it. I don't, like, yeah, buy I don't it. want it. Yeah. I don't want it. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, and I like, I, I, it's interesting to know that it gets paid off later, but I really like that in that issue that that was just kind of played as a bit. Well, that, w that was just a bit. That, that yeah. was a standalone. The po hell poster oh, wow. guy gets paid off later. But yeah, that issue is so weird. It just yeah. stands alone and it's just great. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so when we first started, uh, Star to get into this story, um, we're in Opal City and we see, um, we see David die. Within the first three pages of the book, um, and then throughout the first arc, which is called Sins of the Father from zero through three, we deal a lot with, um, with Jack uh, struggling not just with the idea of being a hero, but, but the idea of his own identity within his family oh, and yeah. what, what their identities mean to him. Um, and it seems like that's, it seems like even though we passed the, the, that story in the first four issues of the book, um, they still sort of pop up in the next couple issues as well. It seems yeah. like that's probably a theme that winds up, uh, uh, pushing through the, like, legacy and, and the idea of identity. Uh, definitely, uh, the, there's a lot of legacy, there's a Sins of the, Sins of the, Son, I think, is the arc, the title of the arc that's like maybe 20 issues later. And that's where the daughter of the Mist. Oh, yeah. The child, I think it's called. The daughter of the Mist uh, yeah. takes on his Nash? powers. Yeah, Nash. Um, who we meet in this arc, she has a stutter and is, is the weaker of yeah. the Mist's children. She lets Jack live when he's first trying, issue two, I think it is, when he's first be sort of becoming a hero. And then uh, at the end of this first arc, he kills uh, her brother. And she's like, wait till you see what I become. Yeah. And that's a great moment. Oh, oh man, it was so, it was so menacing. She's like getting arrested and taking out. She's like, I let you live. Like, this is a, like, yeah. a moment. Like, I this is what I get for my mercy. You. Yeah. Like, yeah. And she's a big character throughout the, the run of the book. Um, and it's great. But um, yeah, I think it's, to get back to the first issue, it's so great. Jack, our hero, is a dick to his family. Yeah. Insulting the Starman legacy. He says, yeah. Starman, yeah, I look at him with awe and wonder. Awe that Davy has the guts to go out in that stupid costume and wonder how many people are going to fall down laughing at the sight of him. And his, he's with his father and his older brother before he dies. And they say, get out of here. We don't want to be around you. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's so good. It's so, I was like, I believe that. Yep. I think it's yeah. just great. And then there's a, there, there's a great sort of, like, 
Jack keeps recalling Davy throughout the the first arc, and during the climax of the first arc, when he does uh, uh, fight the Mist's son in the sky, uh, their their big showdown, he keeps flashing back and thinking about oh. his brother, and he keeps think it. it it's such a great encapsulation of the sort of relationship that you have with a sibling. Yeah. Um, where he's saying, like, he immediately starts thinking about all these bad things that happened in their relationship, and then he starts thinking about the good ones. But then he also says, like, no, I forgave him just as much as, and it's such a re- revelatory piece of dialogue, he forgave me. Yeah. Because, yeah, that, that's a two-way street, and you may keep thinking about all these shitty things that your brother did to you, but you probably also did shitty things to your yeah. brother. Yeah. And we saw those in it. action earlier in, in the story. Yeah. It's great. And he also, I think he says right at the end of that, he says, I may not have liked my brother, but I loved him. And they... Yeah. yeah. The dude. <laughs> Which is maybe one of the best, like, I don't know, like, snappy one-liners I've ever read in a comic book. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, so, it's like such... It's very indicative of Starman. Like, it's offbeat... It's very earnest and very kind of real, like that that your that your killing blow move line is. But I love my brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's weird. <laughs> and then also, I love he says right. He's like, just my brother's killer. No one else. I won't kill anyone else. And like hero. That, yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, that's so good. Yeah, that, yeah. So he doesn't even realize that he's a hero as he's being a hero <laughs> yeah. while he's saying I'm not a hero. Yeah. And he's like pulling a kitten out of a tree. He's like, well, <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. Take this. So now, do you have do you have siblings? I do. Uh, I have a brother that I'm very close with that I actually live with who's younger. Yes. Um, so so how does this resonate to you as, as someone who has a brother that you're close to? Uh, it definitely does. In fact, uh, my, it's my brother's birthday tomorrow, and he's, like, very gruff. Uh, I, um, I'm the older brother, and I'm obviously my family's all construction workers and teachers and whatnot in upstate New York from the country. And I moved to the city first, and my brother moved down here, and he works in construction, in a construction office here. And so he's very much the gruff and is like the rest of my family, and I'm like uh, the loud, uh, louder, uh, more obnoxious uh, member of the family. And so uh, it's weird. I mean, I, of course, want to identify with Jack uh, in this, but it's so, it sort of works in a little bit because Davey in this is sort of gruff and much more like, I'm going to do what the family says. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so, in my brother and I sort of play out some of those themes a little bit. And so, anyway, it's his birthday tomorrow, and I was going to be out of town for his birthday, and he was really upset. And so, uh, and then I was like, I canceled my plans and stayed for it. Oh. But ever since, this was like two days ago, Yeah. Every, we keep running into each other in the apartment, and we none of us have said anything about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so man! So it's like this weird thing where he knows I'm staying, but and he was sort of a dick about it. He doesn't want to say, like, oh, I'm sorry, thank you for staying, and I'm not going to be like, do you like that I stay? <laughs> 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 so it's like this weird thing, and so reading this again today, I was like, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so true. <laughs> this is such a great example of how brothers just are with yeah. each other. Where it's like you fight, and you grow up together, and like you every family the kids have slightly different like paths or personalities yeah. or whatever and it's gonna they eventually conflict at some point and no matter if you fight you still love each other and you'd still do go to bed you would still jam a cosmic rod into some crazy person's chest to defend him i mean if i had one i'd do it <laughs> a crazy person or a cosmic rod hey give me one or the other and see what happens <laughs> well, you have a brother as well i do i do i have a younger brother as well, he was—he's um, getting married next weekend. Oh wow! In fact, um, and he and I uh, 
That's that's sort of why I asked that question because I, I he was constantly on my mind as I was reading this yeah. story in a good way um, because you know I, I sort of mentioned it earlier you know you get you always wax and wane especially with family as to like they're like oh my god he's being such an asshole right yeah. now <laughs> yeah, yeah. and all you can think of is like he's being an asshole and you never yeah. really think about like well I was a comp- I was an yeah. asshole. Right. To him Last a while time. ago, yeah. and yeah, um, but yeah, he and I, he and I, as we've gotten older, get along more and more. Um, I think we're closer now than we ever were when we were kids, and mm-hmm. it's it's really great to to get older and kind of, you know, our our dad passed away um, about f- a little over four years ago, and when he did, um, you know, he and I realized it was. You know, much in the same way that, like, Davy's death kind of starts to pull the bond between um, Jack and his dad together again. Um, It, uh, you know, we'd been close, but it really started to to make us value the the bond that he and I had, you know, because, uh, and it sucks, and it sucks, and you kind of realize that Jack feels that way, too, or maybe I'm projecting, but... Um, you kind of realize that when, and it sucks that that a traumatic event has to happen like that yeah. for you to realize it. And if you don't need a traumatic event like that to happen for you, uh, more power to you. Um, <laughs> that's great. Uh, but in you, well, you have uh, you have older siblings. I have an older sister. An older sister who's twelve years older than me. Yeah. So it was. So hopefully she wasn't like putting your head in the toilet. Uh... <laughs> Isn't it weird how that shit happened? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she's what, like 25 and when, you're 13? Like, when I was 7, I mean, she got married when she was 19, so she was out of the house when I was 7. Sure. And I do, like, we would physically fight over the remote control, like, wrestle. And, and what, she's like 19. Yeah. Like, she's like, I'm getting married tomorrow, but you give me that remote control. Yeah. She, I remember, the one memory I have is like, my mom went out to go grocery shopping. She left my sister to watch me. So I, she might have been as young as 17. I might have been five, five or six. I had loose teeth. That's where the story is going. Loose and we were like, teeth? We were a like, bunch we of were... loose teeth? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you know Willie down by the train tracks? Yeah. You know, he's that guy with loose yeah. teeth. Old we rattle tooth over here. We were here. wrestling for the remote control, and she was like, fine, you." we both had our hands on it. She's like, fine, you want it, have it, and let go. And I like went flying back and hit myself in the face with the remote control, and my tooth... My loose tooth went flying across the room. Like, oh, literally. no. Wow. And, then my, and then in my head, like, my mom immediately walked in at that point. Mm, and was yeah. just, what is right? You know. She told me there was no Santa Claus on, like, a couple days before Christmas. <gasps> I mean, I don't usually say this, but she's a monster. <laughs> yeah. She's a menace. But yeah. literally, I was definitely, like, picked on. Which, is, looking back, is so weird. Because she was a full-blown so adult. Yeah, a full-blown so, adult. Yeah, yeah. So much older. Like, <laughs> to yeah. take pleasure in uh, just abusing a five-year-old. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> but, oh, I mean, man. like, I do I do relate with Jack in that way of, like, my sister is so much more like all of my family. And, like, they all played, like, softball together. And now, like, you know, they're all super Christian. Uh-huh. They're all, you know, they all just do, a, like have that same conservative southern mindset that yeah, yeah. somehow I escaped the south free yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it is like when my mom was going through some like rough times that we're like me and my sister it's like because we're the only other person that knows what it's like to be raised yeah. by those people. Right. <laughs> yep. So yeah. no matter even though it is like 12 years different and we are pretty pretty different people and 
are in very different phases of our lives. Like, yeah. she has two kids. But you both have Cosmic Rods. We so both have cool. Cosmic Rods. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I got a really cool sheriff's badge. <laughs> nice. Uh, but it's like, yeah, we're, like, we're the only person we can talk to about how, like, how crazy our parents are. Yeah. Uh, which I think Always is so similar to this book. It's so crazy that this is a book about superheroes. We can just talk about the family aspect of it. That's right. And that is rich enough where we don't even have to talk about... We haven't talked about, like, the superpower <laughs> shit at all. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to. And, and, you know, it's interesting, too, because it's not even on the hero side. You you also see it on the villain side, because oh, here's yeah. the mist. Yeah. This old, this sad, old arch villain of he's, I assume he's another golden age, because the, yeah. the, sh- the shade is... Well, that's it. I mean, it's so complex, and there's so much going on. But yeah, the mist is a, a one of uh, Starman. Ted, the older Starman, even says, "Yeah, he's sort of my arch enemy, but like, who cares?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so realistic. Yeah. And and there's this there there's this just sad exchange in either issue one or two where um, the shade and the mist sit down to talk, and you just. You see, like, we've only seen the menace of the mist up to this point, but yeah. now we see the other side of it is he's literally an old man, and he's he has on, he has early, like, not yeah. early, but he has on, dementia, Straight basically. Up. Yeah. Yeah, he can't, he can't recall, he's like, oh, is it, is it time passing, or is it just that all of the, all of the superheroes just be, yeah. sort of become a jumble in your head, and, um, and you realize, like, no, no, it's, it's you, yeah. <laughs> like, you are... He, he says, he's like, remember when we killed Wildcat? And the Shade's like, yes. Actually, Wildcat's still alive, <laughs> yes. so we didn't kill him. And yeah. actually, yeah. that wasn't me. That was uh, some other, the invis- you killed the Invisible Hood, and it was, wasn't was me. It was some other villain. And he's like, huh, weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Even like when he's like, the years have been kind to you, Shade. You don't appear to have aged much. And then next panel, I don't age. Next panel. Oh, yes, I forgot. (laughs) So So it's sad. It's like, that's another, like we were saying, there's generations. It's like, this generation is going away. It's very clear. Like, Ted Knight's like, I'm not a hero anymore. Take it over. And the Mist is like, I'm going to do some bad shit before I die, but I'm losing my mind. Well, it's even like, even if you want to boil it down, kind of like the archetypes of decades, like both the Mist and uh, the original Starman are these very Golden Age type of heroes. Like, they talk about, is it in this where they talk about... Remember that one where they baked him into a pie or something? Or is that another comic? I've read so many comics about <laughs> the Golden Age recently. Anyway. Uh, but then you get characters like Star, like uh, Jack Knight, and who, <laughs> three years earlier, would have just been called Jack Knight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you get, like, Nash and what's her brother's name? Kyle or something? Like, something yeah. kind of bland and not. Like, Nash yeah. is kind of edgy. And then it's it was, cool. like, Kyle you know the and T? Bob. It's Kyle, yeah. Oh, it is Kyle. <laughs> Nash yeah, and Kyle. Yeah, T's silent. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Kyle. There's a ton of uh, teeth. When you get in them, yeah. and they're like in all black. Like, isn't he wearing like little circle glasses? Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. they're both very, very 90s looking kind of villains. Yeah. But their parents are these, like, even that is an interesting. Yeah. Like, they're very. Like, you could do a series now where it's like Jack Knight still wearing this, like, kind of like Simon Pegg and World's End garb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, with, like, nowadays, like, 2013 kid, like, his kid being like, oh, you're so weird and old. Like, oh, yeah, replace the word slacker with hipster. <laughs> yeah, and then you got a whole new series. Well, that, especially DC that is obsessed with legacy. Like, yes. all yeah. they ever do is legacy. It's, it's Yeah, it's like the one thing I really love about DC. And I, I, love, I love the idea of it, and I think it's done in Starman in an amazing, yeah. amazing way, where it's honored in a way and also made new and original in a way. But it's like reading... Uh, the villain stuff that's going on now, and it's just like, oh, the villains are the fucking people from this, from the the evil versions of all of our heroes. Yeah, it's just like 
Of course it is. We yeah. could have all predicted that. Yeah, yeah. Because of course you're not going to do anything new. You're yeah. just going to do the same thing that's been done over and over again. Yeah. And that's why that's so frustrating now. But this is the perfect payoff of all of that. And, yeah. and we haven't mentioned it much, really, but this really is like the the growing and flourishing of Tony Harris as an artist yeah. as well. Now, I know... He's said some uh, rather controversial things in the last year, and See, the thing is, a lot of like, people have soured on him as a person. Thi- I, I did that a year ago when he said... The thing is, is so much crazy shit happens in comics nowadays that I yeah. don't even remember what he said. I don't remember either. I just know it was about female cosplayers, and it was something about fake geek girls. I honestly do not remember what he said. Yeah. So, like, I'm like, eh, whatever. I'm mad at, I'm mad at Mark Miller right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, actually, no. I guess I'm mad at DC in general right now. Yeah, I don't that's know. a I like, fair... Who, who am I mad, mad at, at this week? It's That's just the way the comic industry sure. works. So even, like, I don't know. I'll probably... I was not going to read Starman a year ago because I was like, fine. Tony Harris says stupid stuff that gives me a reason to not read. I, could, <laughs> yeah. I, got, plenty, I got plenty of other things I can read. Yeah, and now I'm like, oh fuck, this is this is brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you you see the you see the influences that that continue to permeate his art, even in issue zero, where yeah. it, it it looks like he used an entire pot of ink. Yeah, because there's so so many blacks in it, and uh, so heavy and Art Deco y. Yes, it's so it is so. It looks it looks both at the same time nothing like what I know of him from Ex Machina, but yeah, you can still see it. Yeah, and it's yeah. Re- very distinct. It's really, it's really interesting. Like, it looks like another, a totally different, fully formed professional artist. It's like he's been, because you, usually when you see people's older stuff, it just looks like rougher or shittier. Yeah. Whereas like this looks, he could still be drawing like this today and would still be respected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can see just the evolution from the zero issue to issue five. Issue five is so much better. And oh stronger. yeah. Yeah. Uh, he just it great. looks like he gets more confident. And starts taking more chances with his work. Yeah. Is like, it the inking? Like, I mean, Wade Von Grawbadger inks him, who is yeah. Stuart Eminem's partner in crime. Yeah. yeah. And uh, does a, lo- a ton of work. Uh, I think he's on an X-Men book as well. Uh, yeah. It's great. I think, yeah. he, I think he actually did do a bunch of work in the Ultraverse as well. Oh, really? Von Grawbadger? Uh, the best yeah. last name in the yeah. business? Yeah. That's <laughs> crazy. But you, like, it's funny. He's one of those names I sort of give up on reading it halfway through i'm like oh i love von gra whatever so, gra <laughs> well, let's get to the story yeah that's right because i'm like oh the inker great let's move on but i'm trying to figure out like if it is the uh gregory uh gregory wright does the colors and wave von garbager is the inker and i'm wondering like who who did tony harris's like inks and colors on ex machina like i'm wondering if that is the difference well i i don't necessarily know because if you even look at the line work itself it's it's clearly intended to be more shadowy and black yeah, in the yeah. zero issue, even yeah. even without an inker's embellishment on top of it. And you can see that he by issue five, which by the way uh, is f- amazing. Um, it's yeah. it's it's an entire issue of Jack and uh, Davy talking in a graveyard, uh, and the dead person in the story is in full color. And everything else, including Jack, is in black and white. We don't know yeah. how they're speaking to each other or why. No, yeah, no pretense. It's just like, oh, hey, we're going to do this once a year from now on. And it is throughout the series. He talks to his brother. and is Every 12th issue? Or every 12th issue. Does time pass, like, uh, realistically in this series? Or? I mean, not, not all the way through and, you know, different issues happen differently. But he does it 
once a year yeah. as like a oh let's break up. He's like just from these issues, you can see that James Robinson loves to just do all these weird sidebars and little things that just yeah. like let's do this this issue. Yeah, the, there's that. so much back matter in the, this. Is one of the first books also that like has so much back matter. But there's back the matter. Series. There's the Shades Journal, which starts. I think oh geez, that is not two. available digitally. Oh, when he asks, like he actually asks. Uh, uh, Wow. He asks Jack to read his journal in issue four. Yeah. yeah. And throughout the entire series, every like fourth or fifth issue, instead okay, of a letters DC page. Digital, what are you doing? Yeah, why is that this not... stuff is great. Why it's... is that not on the comicsology? And it feeds into the Ugh. story, or in some of it's just like an interesting story about the shade. And oh, man. Life. It's awesome. And it, uh, in, in, in addition to the actual back matter that is, pertains to the characters, there's a ton. I mean, he, James Robinson asks people to write in with their things that they collect and throughout the whole series a ton of letters with all this in-depth conversation about like I collect Pez dispensers I collect Captain Action figures all this like crazy stuff because that's another thing I love about this series is the main character is into junk and so there's so much awesome specifics used yeah Yeah, that is the thing becoming when I was in college I was a shitty version of Jack Knight in that I the only thing to do in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, was to just go to all the thrift stores. We yeah. would do that all the time. Like, all my friends were heavy into, like, eBay and, like, finding old things. We're very into the 60s and 70s. Um, so, like, just had, like, a guy who wears vintage clothing, because I only dressed in clothes from Goodwill, uh, <laughs> who was, was obsessed way. with junk. is like, yeah. I, yeah, this guy seems so real to me. And it, when Starman is, when Jack is putting his costume together, he grabs this sheriff's badge. Yeah. And ever since, I was like, that's so cool. I bought online a star belt buckle, and uh, and now I have a different one now, but I, that I still wear. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome! Whoa. All straight out of Starman. And everyone's oh, like, man. Oh, Captain America. I'm like, ah, no. no. It's like, <laughs> what do you know? Or I usually say, like, yeah, but I really mean it's Starman. Um, that's no amazing. To hear about it. For my birthday, I got a, uh, um, I got a fuck communism Zippo. Oh, wow. Uh, so, like, I love, I, I love that, like, you can. That's that's what I love about stories like that too. Is like there is something iconic there that yeah. isn't necessarily like a cosmic rod. Yeah, that, no. But but there's something that you could pull out of it and actually inco- yeah. uh, bring got, into your real life. I got political persecution from the X Men. Yeah, there you <laughs> yeah. go. Wow, Congratulations. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I carry that with great me. choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, you Strong carry a, a heavier crown and a bigger. Didn't go like, with mutant powers? Didn't go with mutant powers? No, just, no. Just, persecution. Just, just the, just the persecution. persecution uh, like Russia, they're doing a big homage to Days of Future Past over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, down to the landscape. Wow, yeah. that'll be fun. I can't wait to watch the TV. God, little Russia guys. I wonder guys. what Brian Singer will have to say about that in a decade. <laughs> yeah. He'll just make another movie like Valkyrie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like Valkyrie. Anyway, let's keep talking about Brian Singer's non-X-Men films. Yes. Well, non-X-Men, non-usual suspects movies. Jack and the Giant Slayer, go. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I'd like to talk about a different Jack who slays a different giant. That giant is his fears and insecurities about living up to what he thinks his family is. And yep. all of that happens in the book Starman that we're talking about today. <laughs> we're here with Justin Tyler wow. talking about Starman. Oh, we, we just it's 4.35 in the, the a.m. What's going on? Well, we should have done more uh, radio check-ins. The yeah, show yeah, yeah. Uh, no time and weather for you. Yeah. The twos and threes, we got the weather. Twos and threes. <laughs> There's a really great scene in the issue. I guess it's one. I think it's issue one where he goes to visit his dad in the hospital, 
and his dad just like tells it straight up like it is. Like his yeah. dad gives you the gives the kind of dressing down that you get from your parents. Yeah. And that you don't ever really see in comic books because most big stream big mainstream superheroes you don't see their parents. Yeah. And they will never be parents because they can't age and they can't have, you know, endings or anything. Yeah. So that's why this book has so many rich things that you so I feel so rewarding. Like this shit shouldn't feel rewarding. This is, <laughs> this is like basic drama storytelling stuff that should be in every comic book because it's yeah. just essential facts of human life. But we can't do that. No. Um, sorry, I just love this scene with the two of them in the hospital, and like Jack leaves because he gets fucking yelled at. Yeah, and he then he gets he gets yelled at by his dad, and gets yelled at by Hope O'Dare, who he doesn't even know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who yells at him about the same thing, and it's all it is. It's so Bendisy. Yeah, uh, it's like a big like four pages of just conversation. We don't even know anything about any of these characters, really. Yeah, but it's so good. It's so mature. I think to your yeah. point, like it's such mature writing, especially for 1994 to see a comic that will take in the shade a character that introduced is a villain who like kidnaps the elder knight and takes him to the mist, and then all of a sudden is leading the O'Dares to go. Uh, shut yeah. down the mist. Yeah. It's like, who is this guy? Yeah. And yeah. how are we supposed to? It's so he talks weirdly so flowery. Too. Yeah, and he gets called out on it too. It's like, stop with your half sentences and weird yeah. metaphors. You just talk normal. Yeah, uh, it, it it's uh, it's cool too. It, it's it's mature and it's also respectful of the reader. Yeah, you know, like it's respectful writing. It's it's saying like, you know, this is going to be a little dense. We won't make it impossible to understand but trust us because you'll you'll catch up yeah and this thing i've always remembered this quote he he gets his in issue uh two he gets what would become his cosmic rod which is sort of a, a much larger uh dandier better looking rod and he's like <clears throat> he's holding he's like it feels good for me it feels right uh feels good in my hand as the actress said to the bishop and i was like Reading that as a kid, I was like, what does that fucking mean? Yeah, yeah. And but I was like, I love it. I don't know why. Yeah. And it feels very like the Shakespearean version, like a comic book Shakespearean. Because yeah. it's like all this like language that doesn't quite belong there, but is just being used sort of willy-nilly. Yep. Like pieces from other works of literature thrown in here. Uh, people speak unnecessarily in a flowery way. And it's all done just for like the art of it. And it's I, I've always... I love that shit. It's so surprising. Like, just, again, like, the time period this came out in. I mean, like, this... But this is also... It is well-regarded. Like, DC is putting out new, like, hardcover, right? Yeah. They're, they're... Um, the huge omnibuses okay. that are, like, really, really nice. Do you have all of them? I don't. Well, I have every issue in in the floppy, so... Yeah, I was like... Because some people are, like, the things they super love, they will get every... I was just reading uh, Pat Loika <laughs> talking about how... He like quadruple dipped on Grant Morrison's new X Men. Yeah, like he had the. He, I barely the, single dipped on that list, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you do like, like if you love it enough, like, like you're your listeners mad. Yeah, yeah. find if it, sometimes you just keep looking for the best version of yeah. it. Yeah, I you know? I have Dark Phoenix Saga in I think five or six different formats. Well, wow. There you go. Uh, I, I don't know. I just this format's so good, and it. When I reread it, it takes me back to when I first read it. Exactly. And I feel like if I read an omnibus, yeah. it wouldn't. And so I would much rather dig through and... This is like the only series I have polybagged in my entire collection. What? Oh, good. The rest of them are folded in half. 
basically. Next yeah. to a paper shredder. Yeah. Hangling. It's always on. <laughs> Willy yeah, nilly yeah. over candles. Yeah. Lit yep. candles. I said the fire's coming from my apartment, and <laughs> yeah, I yeah. was not kidding. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't you weren't being you weren't saying maybe. You were saying yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Even looking at now. your single issues, like when you're flipping through them, the art look I mean, this also might be the fact that I too grew up with like newsprint single issues. Like it looks better than on my iPad. Like the yeah. colors don't look as I don't know, like bright and cheap. Like the art feels darker and like murky like good yeah. murky, like oh, yellow yeah. murky, like uh, it is. Just looking at it on the iPad, it's so much brighter. I also use all my Apple devices at the full brightness. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. this also could just be my weird personal. I even I, I even wonder too if like Tony Harris given how much draftsmanship he puts into the into his work itself anyhow, had considered the paper quality. That, yeah, they were, yeah. that they were producing the series on. But they definitely... I mean, I hear colorists talk nowadays how they've had to rethink a lot of their game because they need to both know how to print... Like, how the pages how the pages will look on print and then also what it would look like on iPads where yeah. there is no, like, difference between what they're seeing yeah. and what is on... That, what we're seeing. Yeah. Uh, and and like, it's really interesting. Well, this, is mostly like, on, this is almost all on black, though. It's None of it's on, on white. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think that... Just like sort of Batman the Animated Series... Uh, same same process where they were the first like animated show to print on black to do their all their animation on dark <clears throat> as opposed to on wow. cell. So, I never knew yeah. that. Uh, there's a great uh, there's a great interview with and I hate to say uh, Kevin Smith interviews um, interviews what's his name uh, <clears throat> Bruce Tim uh, Fat Man on, Fat Man on Batman from yeah. Comic Con not this past one the one before that's he goes into so much awesome detail about Batman animation. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, I'll have to check that worth out. Worth listening to. <laughs> Did you, when did you, when were you introduced to Starman? Did you pick this up when it came out? I picked up issue zero. So how old were you when issue zero came out? Uh, 94, I would have been, uh, I calculate it as freshman or sophomore in high school. Okay, so you weren't, like, because I was 10, so this would have been over my head. I was freaking out about Generation X at this time. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. That's concurrent. Like, Generation X was, like, November 94. Like, yeah, this yeah. Is a great series. God, it's so weird. Yeah. yeah. And you stuck through it the entire time? Yep. When did it, how, what year did it end? Uh, 80, like, issue 80 was the last issue. I don't know off the top of my head, but how many years? Is that is early that? 2000s? 12. Yeah. Maybe. Do the math. That's, 12. well, that's six years. Six years is 72. Yeah. So like, so like 2001, 2002? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I figure so, they probably had to miss a month or something because I have to imagine this is a book that didn't lend itself to like, well, it's got to be out this month. Put it. Yeah. <laughs> well, though they put did, out Milgram on art. They did, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They stuck with the artist. That, uh, Tony Harris didn't do the whole series, but this guy uh, Andrew Robinson took over, who's great. Oh. Uh, later on for the for the last couple arcs, but they also hooked into a bunch of the DC weird crossovers they were doing like dc one million oh they, yeah there's an, a Starman from the <laughs> year one million comes back and it, it all fits into the continuity they did uh what was the one villains all they powered the neuron stuff oh oh that's um uh something underground on um, something yeah, unleashed um, villains unleashed or something ah uh, underworld unleashed is underworld that? unleashed i think is what it was called that fits into the continuity in an awesome way. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Phosphorus is suit powered up and he attacks Ted Knight in his lab and Ted Knight barely gets away but he the radiation gives him cancer which affects the whole rest of the run of the book. Oh, like, man. He, he used it. He folded everything in. It's like Peter David. I like that. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Where is Jack Knight now? Like, what happens to Jack Knight after issue 80? Like, uh, he has a son... Uh, 
let me see if I can remember all this. So he eventually falls in love with a woman who we meet in here, actually, um, in the fourth issue, when he goes back to the shop to get his future, his fortune told. Uh-huh. Yeah. In issue four, the woman who walks in there, who's such so mean to him, yeah. oh. that becomes his girlfriend. Aww. Yeah. And she is... Uh, the star man, Will Payton, the star man who's also at the end of issue three in yeah. space. You cut to these two other star men. He's like, I'm the only star man. Now there's two more. Here's yeah. these guys. There's actually, yeah. they end up coming into a bunch. There's this Prince Gavin they fold into in the first annual. It's amazing and influences the Will Payton. Anyway, so that, that woman, she dates Jack Knight for a while and is eventually revealed to be the sister, I think, of Will Payton. It's either sister or wife. Wow. And um, is like, she says, I hate to do this, but will you go to space for me? And that journey to the stars becomes this like spanning 16 issue story. And that line. is also what the uh, fortune teller foretold. Yes. That you will in go this... to the outer space, like out, like way. And that's, that's yeah, in issue two, I think. She yeah. foretells that, and that doesn't happen until issue like 52 or something. Wow. So anyway, so then they have a kid, and Jack Knight gives up being Starman to raise the son. And uh, we haven't really seen him since. There was one issue recently, Starman issue 81, that they put out like two years ago. Huh. Uh, I don't know why they did it. I forget. It was some kind of event. And, uh, and they, you see him a little bit there, I think. But it's mostly about the shade, and they did a recent shade miniseries. Oh yeah, the, okay, which is pretty people good. People love it, like because it was it was James Robinson, but like a rotating artist, like yeah. heavy hitter artist every. Yeah, did it Darwin was good. Cook do a couple. I think he did one. Yeah, it was good. Okay. Uh, but he's they, he the book was brought to a close on James Robinson terms, and it wow. all ended very very well. And they haven't tried to new fifty two him. Not yet. <laughs> I'm surprised to be honest, but yeah. I feel like James Rob they've let him have his space in a surprising way for them but then like uh the the cosmic rod goes off to uh what's her name uh courtney who's in jsa star girl oh yeah oh, yeah that's okay. she inherits it she's his co- jack knight's cousin okay oh, wow that's amazing who and she was in uh justice league unlimited and all and has become sort of a mainstream yeah character she's in the current justice league of america Okay. Sure, yeah. She plays in that. She's an actress. She's like a superstar yeah. hero, but she wants to be like an actual hero. And Amanda Waller's like, you can't. We don't want you to go out there and fight. And she does anyway. Does that book good? Not really. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe, she'll be, maybe she'll be a, a, a guest in uh, Night Jack. Yeah. Oh. New 52 relaunch. Great, yeah. They're bringing Ultraverse characters and... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, New 52. And <laughs> yep. You're going to say Arrow because Arrow is pulling from some deep corners of the DC Universe. Really? Too. I have to write about Arrow like every day. Okay. So, lucky dude. <laughs> uh, real quick, um, I want to talk about issue 11, which it. is... Maybe the best, it's another standalone issue, doesn't influence uh, too much of the series, at least not at this point, it does later. Uh, it's a JSA uh, story about the Ragdoll, who is another, like, shitty DC villain. Yeah. Who um, becomes, like, a uh, a Charles Manson-type leader in this yeah. one night where he takes over. And so Jack Knight calls in um, some of his JSA buddies. And this is set, is this, this is set in the past, isn't it? Or yeah. Is this, okay. this is a t- Tale of Time's yeah. Past, which they do a ton of, a lot yeah. of flashback, doing the legacy stuff. Anyway, it's a great it's a great story of the JSA, and there's this one page that I think is just so so cool. 
Was it's, it that Jerky Boys ad you just went past? Yep. Uh, <laughs> reading these ad, there's an ad for like Interview with a Vampire. I'm like, oh my god, we're all so old. But there's this great thing where the the shade is narrating this, and he's like, I'm, and they all get different missions. Like one uh-huh. of them has to go rescue these. Doctor Midnight has to go rescue these two kids that are kidnapped. Our man has to defend this bridge that uh, the, all of the uh, followers of the Ragdoll are marching on, and the other three are going to find the Ragdoll. And he goes, I wonder what they thought as they went to their fates. These men. And it shows Green Lantern, he said, it says, I can. And an hour man, it says, I will. And uh, The Flash, it says, I dare. Dr. Midnight, I shall. And Starman, I must. And then The Shade, I wonder what. And I just think that's such a, I've never heard, seen like a team book just encapsulated so, yeah. in such a cool way. Yeah. You get everything. And it's, when I read this for the first time, I was like, oh, I'm so, I'm like, I felt like the sixth dude with them being like, yeah. we are doing this and your personalities are different and that's cool yeah. and we're going to figure this out and save the day because we all have different reasons. It's yeah. just so, so, so good. Well, I've never even heard of Our Man. Like, I've heard of him, but I've never oh, really thought. Guys, JSA is probably, I barely know who the regular JL is. <laughs> Sure. Our man's a weird hero. He was well, basically like the Viagra hero. He had, takes a pill and he like yeah he's gets popping super, a pill right here. I didn't even know. Yeah, uh, he gets super strength. Basically, it's like there's now. only Ragdoll's minions are going. They have to get they're getting to somewhere and they have to get across a bridge. Like oh, you have to yeah. get across a bridge. I can handle that. Yeah. So our man is the only person on this bridge with this crowd of people coming and just like well he has like an hour. Is that like it's one hour? He has one hour. And he's like, let's get this done. And yeah. then it's just him beating the shit out of just, what, a yeah. hundred people? Yeah, it's For crazy. like three pages? And it's like... For an hour. Yeah, yeah for it's, one yeah, hour. It's, and, it's, and it's cool. And in the the Shade is sort of giving them all little epilogues after they do their mission. And he described Dr. Midnight's like sort of a sour, very dour hero. And then he gets to Arm and he's like, he's, Rex Tyler smiles, a big smile because he's uh, that's the kind of smile he would smile or yeah. something like that. And it's it so, feels so good, he thinks. So good to be alive. Wait a minute. Yeah. Rex Tyler? Yep. Uh-huh. He's, uh, yeah, he's one of my old... <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh, oh, my, my pill's running out. <laughs> oh, no, my, my comic uh, book Yeah, you got two minutes. Oh, no. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's a really good issue. Yeah, one of my favorites. And ends in a scary, like straight-up scary way. <laughs> Yeah, and this does later influence the the series. With uh, they explain eventually explain that last panel in the series because the looks like uh, he's not in good shape there. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> ragdoll is killed, but they don't know who they all. The ragdoll was escaping. They all turned. It was Green Lantern, Starman, and the Flash. They all turned and like sort of used their powers, and then the ragdoll lay lay dead. And I got to think the Flash is probably like, well, it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm safe, fast. guys. Yeah. <laughs> So it was either Green Lantern or Starman. Man. So. Yeah, here it is. Hey, Al, do you remember that time we fought the gambler when he was trying to extort money from the ice cream factory in Keystone? I know I was not crazy for remembering an ice cream factory. Yes. Somewhere <laughs> in yeah. this story. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, final thoughts on this. Uh, if you like... I don't know why. I always feel like I have to sell this book. No, absolutely. Give no, because a... like, no, I mean, not a lot of people read it, especially people who are our age or yeah. around our age who were reading comics like this. Why would you read this? You have to uh, be like a, like a little bit older. Yeah. Like, to, or to be, be a mature young man. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or a mature young man. Yeah. Responsible young adult. 
Maybe uh, someone in Model UN yeah. or... Of yeah, diverse yeah. enough interest to put this next to your Marvel swimsuit issues. Yeah. Yeah. Which I did. Oh, <laughs> boy. I mean, you read Starman and then you... But yeah, it doesn't slip in there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you gotta have a steak before mm, you have some yeah. ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, pitch this. Pitch it. Uh, this book is... It, it's such a... It's a feast. If you like... If you were reading regular comics now and you're like, Oh, this is pretty good. I like some of it. Um, I wish it was more exciting or original. Check out... Start reading Starman because it's so complex. And uh, it's so new. So many ideas are very fresh that are brought to it. The characters all have such unique voices. It's great all the way through. It gets a little... There, it gets a little wonky maybe near the end because there's so much going yeah. on. But especially the first like twenty five issues are just fantastic. Awesome, um, and I feel like that's saying like you get like more than two years out of a book saying like they are just it's just a fantastic back to back to back solid run. Um, you know you have to be operating at the height of your powers as a creator to be able to do that. Yeah. And you know even the best creators don't have that lengthy a string on one series. Yeah. To say, you know, um, to say, I just kind of, sometimes I just talk and I don't know if the words make sense. It's, but like, I just well, keep it's talking. like James Robinson's writing you. Yeah. yeah. So exactly, so, you're real, man. So real. <laughs> I'm real. I'm real, real, <laughs> you guys. Um, well, what I am is real thankful that you brought this in. Yeah, um, well, I am definitely awesome. going to follow through on the rest of this series because I loved this book. Yeah. Awesome. I absolutely love this book from art to writing. Um, I love... I love the idea that it's a superhero book about family uh, and yeah. legacy. It, it, there are there are broader themes that are incorporated into it seamlessly and realistically, and uh, and yeah, this seems like something I really look forward to sinking my teeth into. Ditto. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on, what else was I going to say? I don't know. I got room. I don't. I'm reading so much stuff. Fine. Dude, so jump in, man. I'll jump in. You need to add a so water if you got a full meal and ice cream. Just have a midnight snack. Yeah, yeah, fourth ah. meal, bro. Yeah. I did eat almost a half bag of M&M's last night and a whole bunch of Ben and Jerry's. So, while reading this. Yeah. All right. Get so some I, ice cream on this book, man. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with my body? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with my insides? <laughs> it's my favorite comic book, and I also read a lot of them. That's awesome. And it still holds up. Still holds up. Yeah, it does, hundred percent. Even amongst everything that's being published today, like I mean, like I mean, to compare it to a modern book like Daredevil, like this, it's that same. I feel like when this was coming out, it's the way we feel about like a book like Daredevil or Hawkeye now. Yeah, yeah. It's it, the way, and I think this is a real. There's a real. It's a lineage of books yeah. like that. This st- stands in that. This is sort of postmodern in a good way about about superheroes, where it's like, yeah, this guy doesn't want to be here. Everybody's going to. Um, he's going to do it his way, and it's yeah. breaking the it's breaking the icon of being a superhero, and then putting the pieces back together in a different way. Yeah, so good. Awesome. If you're interested in purchasing Starman number zero through five, uh, you can head over to Comicsology.com where you can get it digitally, but you won't get those really cool back matter things. Yeah, if yeah. you want it, the back matter, come to my place. It's the one on fire in it's, Brooklyn. It's the one on fire. Uh, I'll be standing out front, sort of crying, but probably also reading Star Man. I got yeah. my box. Yeah. I got- there will be an angry gruff man standing beside Justin, yeah. uh, asking why the hell he doesn't have a place to live anymore. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and yeah, and if you want to learn more about my family, uh, please... <laughs> 
Come, also come to the apartment where you know, my brother's birthday is tomorrow. Let's see how it goes. Uh, if you want to get that back matter, maybe it was published in the trade paperbacks or hardcovers. I think in the omnibus they did, in fact. Good. You can it. get that through our site using the Amazon links because if you do that, it gives us a little bit of money. So please buy everything through our Amazon links. Yeah, yeah. Um, while you're at mattandbrettlovecomics.com, why not check out some of our back issues, like our crossover episode with Comic Book Club, Great. Uh, where we talked about Mutant Genesis, or uh, <laughs> you could listen to Brett and I get real, real deep about Kick-Ass 2. It trigger warnings for that episode still. Oh, man. Yeah. You're, you, like, shook a little bit when I said it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we have, we have never gotten as deep into uh, rape discussion on that episode. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Uh, and most likely, hopefully, never will again. Yeah, yeah. Kick-Ass 2 is the kind of book that you have to talk about horrible things. Ugh. Yeah. Still mad about that book. <laughs> uh, we love hearing from all of our listeners, so please tell us what you think about this or any other past episode on our website or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash theylovecomics, where every five likes, we give away a whole bunch of marvel.com uh, redeem codes yeah. for new comics. If you want if you Ooh. want to try out some comics, we got some digital codes for you, so tell your friends to like the site. Um, you can find our links to our social media presence, everything that we're on, Instagram, Tumblr, uh, MySpace, uh, uh, Friendster, we're still on Friendster. I still um, have Friendster. Yeah, yeah, Handshake.com, mm-hmm. um, uh, Whispers.org. You're getting really weird. Uh, what, happens, what happens if you like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? LXG! Wow, it's amazing. <laughs> still happens. Jeez, that's a, sort of a nightmare. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of, that, that movie kind of is. Well, they paid a lot of money for that marketing, so. Yeah, that's true. Uh, if you fancy what you've heard here today, please rate and review the show in iTunes. It helps us out in ways we don't understand. But we need it to happen. We don't think we've had a review since March. So I'm challenging everyone that listens wow. to this. Well, people went away for the summer. No. Yeah. They went away from their computers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is right. People have their iPhones. Go to get, leave us a review. An autumnal re- review. Yeah, yes. yeah. You don't want to review something on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just get, get yourself a nice pumpkin latte. Put on your cardigan. Exactly. Get, yeah. Take your laptop. Get cozy <laughs> underneath a uh, underneath a tree as the leaves change. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, get right real, real cozy. Eat a half a bag of M and M's. Yeah. Uh, uh, and if I may plug, if you guys like comics, we do our lot, the Comic Book yes. Club live show every Tuesday night at seven p.m. Um, and we're also doing what, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on uh, at 8 p.m. And we're going to watch it live. And, and that's ooh, this coming Tuesday. This Tuesday is yeah. the premiere, so come to that if this goes up at that time. But we'll also be doing it uh, every Tuesday. We're going to watch, and then when the commercials are on, we're going to either say thumbs up or say, oh my god, thumbs down. Uh, and that's at what? Fontana's. Fontana's down, downtown. And you can get yeah. our podcast on the Nerdist site. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you guys have one of the most fun... Uh, shows around comic book or otherwise. I remember coming to the very, very first uh, uh, shows over at the pit. Yeah, and oh, yeah. Uh, and watching you guys grow and get the 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 sort of rapport that you guys have developed on stage, yes. as well as the 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 guests that you guys get. It's it's exciting, yeah. and you guys create a really fun environment for people to. I don't want to say feel safe, but like actually like hang out and enjoy talking yeah. about uh, comics. In a way where it, it feels like a fun clubhouse environment. Well, good. That's exactly what we want. And we've been doing the show for almost seven years. Yeah. So we have talked about it all. So yeah, listeners, yeah. see, hear what Matt just said about Comic Book Club? That is the kind of stuff you can put into review 
for either podcast. Yeah, let's review a bunch of stuff. Guys. Yeah, yeah, let's get your review on. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's fun to review things. Uh, <laughs> because, guys, you are our best spokespeople. So if you get a chance, please help us spread the word. Uh, any little bit helps. Um, and we like to stay in touch with everyone on Facebook, so hit us up there. As always, thanks to our producer, Ben Rahib, you are the Davey to our Jack. That doesn't mean we're going to kill you. Oh, wow. uh, also, That's... thank you for helping me move my comics. Yeah! <laughs> wow. Nice. It was, it was a, a four-man team to get my comic books put in order. Uh, ben was a quarter of that, and then we made him buy new shoes. I feel like he's going to hate me for outing him as a new shoe haver anyway no, he's probably gonna hate you for helping him move all those uh comics Stop making him yeah <laughs> oh, um thanks guys thanks again. yeah thanks so much for for listening in this week please tune into comic book club uh on the nerdist network every week or come down to the show at fontana's we will be back here uh broadcasting and streaming from new york city the capital of superheroes of the world true. to uh wherever you are so until next time this is matt and this is Brett. And we love comics. Yep, that's a true statement. It's true. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing.